Giants fans, thanks for joining me for another episode of Only a Giant. Uh, we're here today to discuss a 20 to 6 loss against the Cleveland Browns today, making the Giants 5 and 9. Not a not a pretty loss, but not a loss that makes me infuriated, mad. Um you know, I, I look at this loss a little bit differently than I did look at the Arizona Cardinals loss where, you know, coming kind of coming in high, feeling really good about the the way the Giants were. This game, I kind of just felt like, you know, there was a path to winning this game, but everything would have to go right for that to, to really come to fruition. So I liked a lot of the stuff that I did see from the Giants, you know, no turnovers, um, uh, one big fumble by Deion Lewis, which makes me want to uh, just gouge my eyes out. He should not be back to returning kicks if he's going to continually fumble. That's two fumbles in two games. Yes, the rest of the season he's done pretty well about that. But you can't have someone back there that's going to fumble the ball. I still want to see Pettis back there. Granted, you know <laughs> that might be the opposite of what we need because the reason he got cut from the 49ers, or one of the reasons I should say, is because he did fumble the ball on kick returns. But Deion Lewis isn't the answer back there. We need to do something. If it's CJ Board, if it's someone someone else. I mean, I don't care if we have Colt McCoy back there running the ball. Back if, if he could hold on to the ball. I mean, obviously that's not realistic. Um, but hold on to the ball. Turnovers on special teams are killer. You can't have it. So anyway, I do want to start this episode off with uh, how I did my last one and probably how I'm going to try to going forward uh, with my beer of choice. So today or tonight, whatever you want to call this, I'm going to drink a Full Bore Frickin' Wicked, which is a New England IPA. Uh, full Bore is a local brewery here in, in the Syracuse area, North Syracuse. This is actually one of my favorite New England IPAs. It's a really good New England IPA. So if you're ever in the area, I would definitely check them out. And here we go. Cheers, everyone. So I guess I'm going to just jump right into the review of the game. The Giants get the ball first, and we have actually a pretty good return, which is exciting to see uh, because we really haven't had any explosive plays on special teams in a while. Uh, you see Deion Lewis get a good return. You actually see Joe Webb running down the field on a kick return right there with him, which was interesting to see a quarterback on special teams. Obviously, he's not your prototypical quarterback. He's you know a running type of quarterback. He's, he's involved a, a little bit everywhere. Uh, it was interesting to see that we had him active, though. I wonder if going forward the next couple of weeks here, if he, if he has a role at all in this offense. Uh, first drive for the Giants, though, we kind of start off trying to run the ball, which which I liked. You know, Gallman gets eight yards on the first carry. Uh, we have um, second down, we have a little out to Slayton, which is thrown a little bit behind him. I would say one of the one of the eh, one of the few misses that Colt McCoy had. You know, there were some others, but this is one that you know was clearly an easy completion that just didn't work out. So you get to third down, and we give the ball to Elijah Penny and get the first down. Boom, committing to the run. I like it. That was kind of one of the keys to the game that I that I thought we should really try to do is just you know keep running the ball, uh, and, and kind of control the flow of the game and control time of possession. 
I'm not going to sit here and try to say that that's what this offense needs to do every week. But if we don't do it, the Browns are going to do it. You know, they're going to run the ball a lot. Well, at least that's what I thought. So anyway, we get the first down and we keep driving. You know, we give the ball back to Gallman. He gets two yards. Uh, on that run, I actually noticed uh, Caden Smith came up to try to help block Olivier Vernon. Vernon kind of took the pop from from Caden Smith and then just made the play right after that. Uh, next play, we get that hard count where Nick Gates actually hikes the ball when Colt isn't ready. And the announcers actually do a good job highlighting that and showing Nick Gates making the play. Um, but it was a good throw, a little back back shoulder fade to Shep for 20 yards. So, you know, the free play worked out for us. First and 10, incomplete to Shep in the end zone. In my opinion on this, and if someone wants to correct me and I'm wrong, that's absolutely fine. It looked like Shep ran this route a little bit too close to the boundary. He didn't really give himself enough room to make the catch, to kind of contort his body like he likes to do and still land inbounds. Throw wasn't perfect. You, you know, maybe it could have been a little bit inside, but was that because of where Shep ran this route? You know, it still looked like he just he ran a little bit too, too close to the sideline. Had he run that a little bit better, that might have been an easier throw. It might have been an easier catch. You never really know. But I like to play call on that. Second and 10, Goldman. We give the ball back to him. He gets six yards. So I like the whole first drive here. We're, we're kind of committing to the run a little bit. Third and four, we throw the ball to Evan Ingram. It's high. You know, it's it's not a pretty throw. I, I honestly, I wonder more if anything on that. Colt was kind of trying to just throw the ball away because there really wasn't a window there. So fourth down, we're kicking a field goal. But wait a minute, we aren't kicking a field goal. We get lined up for the field goal, but then we audible everyone out or shipped everyone out, I should say, and kind of have a, a little bit of a weird formation on this. Um, with the motion, I think Nick Gates apparently becomes an eligible receiver, and that's where we throw the ball. I wonder kind of how that works, because if, if you watch that play again, Graham Gano kind of like comes under, under, underneath that, and he's wide open. You know, was Riley able to throw anywhere else, or what was... Nick Gates' only read. Nick Gates kind of just went up the field, turned and posted, you know, ready, ready for the ball. Side note on Riley Dixon, I don't know if a lot of people know this. I, Being that I live in Syracuse, obviously I've gone to many Syracuse football games. That guy can throw. Give that, you know, give that guy a chance to throw the ball and, and he will succeed. Uh, he can run the ball too. You know, it's a, I would say in the NFL it's a little bit harder to have your punter run the ball too much. But he can make plays. He, he proved that. At, here at Syracuse that he could make plays. So we don't get the points. Incomplete. Turn the ball over. A little frustrating, but I don't hate... I like the aggressiveness. I don't hate the idea of the aggressiveness. I would have loved to take the points here. You know, I'm, I'm usually someone that says, hey, take the points, take the points, take the points. You need points to win the game. If you're not going to score points, you're not going to win the game. And that does kind of rear its head a little bit, but... I don't care. You know, I'll still, I like the aggressiveness. I would much rather have the willingness to be aggressive than to sit back and just kick the ball, kick the ball or punt the ball or punt the, you know, so I, I'm okay with it. I, I won't fault, fault the Giants at all or fault Joe Judge or whoever decides actually who to make that decision. I, I don't fault it at all. 
But the other side of that too is, you know, if you're going to go for it on fourth down, maybe just have Colt in the game. You know, have the the regular offense in the game. You know, we we've, we've proven that we can kind of move the ball, so it was it was something worth looking into. But still, don't hate the aggressiveness. So Browns get the ball, and defense stays pretty disciplined, plays pretty sound. You know, you see Love down playing at CB two, which. I guess I wouldn't say it's surprising at all. Uh, if you guys listen to Giant Insider, they actually said that it looked like Julian Love would probably be the one coming down. Actually, I think in the interview with Jabril Peppers, he is the one that kind of let it slip, and Chris picked up on it. Chris Bizignato. So, I'm not. I wasn't surprised by that. And you know, I, I would have liked to see a little bit of Jaron Williams just to see what we had. But I like the idea of having Julian Love down the CB2 in this situation because what else are you going to do? You know, um, you're not going to have McKinney down playing CB2. It, there really wasn't a lot of other options, especially someone that's, you know, played and, and, and ready and up to the speed of the game and everything. So the first Browns drive, you kind of see Love get targeted a little bit. You see Yadam get targeted a little bit. They give up some catches, but they kind of hold their own. They're there for the catches. They don't allow extra yardage. Kind of like what you see from them. Um, the Browns do try this kind of weird little like flea flicker screen type play. And it was a screen to the tight end, none the least. I kind of wonder if there was a second read for that. Like if the first read was downfield and we, and we just had, had it covered. I haven't really seen uh, the other side of that yet. But the play ends up going... From I believe it was Chubb back to Baker to the tight end, uh, and they get a decent yardage on it, but nothing nothing crazy. So anyway, after that play, we get a big third down stop, and they end up going for it on fourth down. And Big Dex gets his hand up and bats the ball down. Which if if you go back and look at that play, that was a first down. If if he didn't swat it down, so great play by him. He actually had a hell of a game. You know, I haven't seen any PFF grades or anything like that yet, which I take them with a grain of salt. Anyway, it's it's always kind of interesting to see, but I don't believe much of what they say. It, it, it it's kind of like if you see someone that had a really bad game, but but kind of you watch them, and it looks like they had an okay game. I would just go with your your opinion on that. Shane Lemieux is a perfect example. PFF tears him apart, and he looks decent. I'll never sit here and try to say he's good in pass protection he's he's getting better uh i would say will hernandez definitely has an advantage over him on that but pff just tears him apart and he's not that bad so i just take him with a grain of salt guys don't don't listen to what they say um so hey giants get a stop you kind of still feel like you're in the game at that point you know maybe we have a chance and that's kind of how i felt you know we showed we could drive the ball oh, we we're so close to getting in the end zone we didn't get the, we didn't get the, you know, when we went for it, we didn't get the points, but we had a successful drive. We stopped them and we get the ball back. So it's like, yeah, let's, let's go. So Giants get the ball first down. We had that little handoff to Shep, which we really don't get too much on. Anyone else, if you can rewatch that, rewatch it and watch how Shep is standing. Uh, he's kind of like in the slot on the left. And instead of having his left leg, or sorry, instead of having his right leg forward, he has his left leg forward. Maybe that's normal. Maybe that's football. But to me, it almost looked like he was leaning back and in to the play, like towards the line of scrimmage, or sorry, towards the formation, 
Like he was going to start going backwards immediately. I don't know if the defense noticed that, you know, and it kind of broadcasted what the play was. I actually took a picture of it and I took a picture of him and a couple of other, a couple other formations where he's not doing that. So I, I, I really wonder if that was kind of a tell, you know, he really looked like he was just leaning back just a little bit. And in the NFL, I mean, they'll take any advantage they can get. If, if someone's catching on that he's not doing that, because he gets the ball quite a bit on little, you know, little runs like that and little pop passes and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm going to look into that a little bit more maybe. After that, second down, Gallman gets the ball. We get seven. Good run. Third down. Um, and then we have that really good play to Slayton for 25 yards. It's kind of like a little, I don't want to call it a pick play, but maybe it almost looked more like a, like a wheel route, but for slight for a wide receiver. Um, good, good throw by Colt. Really good throw by Colt. Showed a little bit of touch on it. it just everything was, was pretty on that. I liked it. So first and 10, we're still driving the ball. We get a little play action rollout to Tate. He was a little late to getting it to Golden Tate. And it just looked like he was still trying to kind of find something else. Uh, he maybe could have gotten the ball to Golden Tate a little bit earlier and Tate may have been able to make a play. But the announcers are <laughs> giving Colt crap for, oh, that's a that's a terrible play by Colt McCoy. Shh, no, it isn't. Shut up. He was looking downfield. Yes, he lost a yard on the play to make it, you know, second and 11 in the next play. But he was looking to see if there was anyone else open. I, I think he actually, he reads the field really well, I think. Uh, you know, I'll have to look at a little bit more into that. I still want to get into like the all 22 stuff. I haven't really been able to dive into that yet. Uh, maybe that'll be a next season type thing. So second and 11 and the next play is actually the throw to Evan Ingram. And yeah, oh man, this throw is just a little bit more accurate. This is just a little bit more in front of Evan Ingram. It was a touchdown. It was a, a pretty well-placed ball. Evan Ingram, you know, He'll try and go up and get the ball, but he kind of had to hold back just a little bit and doesn't get it. If it was out just a little bit further, I really do think he had a chance to catch that. Third and 11, and, and this is kind of why, you know, you don't love getting pass happy because first and 10, yeah, I like to play action. I don't mind it. Second and 11, you do play action again. Okay, so two incompletions and you're at third and 11 in the red zone. And well, run the ball on one of those, you know, get three or four yards, get four or five yards. You know, Alfred Morris proved to be able to run the ball pretty well in this game. So did so did Wayne Gallman. So give the ball to one of the backs right there. I don't, I, that's a little frustrating. But all in all, I, still with this game, I, I do like to play calling way more than any game I've seen so far this year. I liked what I saw with it. I, I would be willing to give Freddie Kitchens the play calling duties the rest of the game or sorry, the rest of the year. Do I think it happens? No. You know, I, I don't think Jason Garrett's going to lose his play calling duties due to COVID. You know, maybe he'll be out for another week and he'll get it next week too. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see though. It would be kind of fitting to, you know, get the play calling duties back for the Dallas game to end the year with all, with everything on the line, but we'll have to wait and see what happens there. So back to the game, third and 11, we throw a jump ball to Slayton on the right. D Ward's covering him, who's a really good corner in the NFL. I know he's been hurt and he's been out for a little bit, but I wouldn't have tested him there. That's just my opinion. We don't get it. 
you know, we kick field goal. I'll take it. You know, we'll take the points. Three nothing. Could have been six nothing at that point, but you really can't hate it too much. Browns get the ball back. This is their second drive. And they start off with a little shot to Landry in the flat. Logan Ryan actually was blitzing on this play. And he kind of like hesitates, makes Baker do like a double clutch, and then Baker throws the ball a little bit more upfield. If Logan Ryan sat just a little bit earlier on that, man, he was taking that ball for a pick six. Now, maybe Baker throws the ball a little bit differently if he does that. You know, there's a lot of he said, she said crap happening there. Um, but, man, that was close to, to possibly being a play that Logan Ryan could have made and, and, you know, get this defense going a little bit more and, and get the offense the ball back. It, it would have been it would have been nice. So it doesn't happen. You know, he gets a little bit of gain. Second play in the drive. Chubb gets a first down. He runs really patient. It kind of reminds me of a little bit of like the Le'Veon Bell style of running. Uh, but when he hits a hole, he hits. He hits hard. Third play, Leonard Williams actually makes a really good play to kind of get through a tight end that's trying to block him. Makes a big tackle on Chubb. Fourth play, they have uh, a little screen to the tight end for a first down. Oh, that's Harrison Bryant too. It's, it's the third tight end. I like that they run three tight ends a lot. And they seem to have three capable tight ends. Not that we don't. Maybe it's just that we don't use them the right way. You know, we did get Levine Toyolo involved a little bit. We got Caden Smith involved a little bit. Evan Ingram did have four catches, but it just didn't feel like he was involved with this offense a lot this game. Kind of weird, but eh, is what it is. So Browns go back to a little play action, get a good gain to Rashad Higgins which I believe uh, Yadam was covering him on that. And they get the ball into the red zone. That's the end of the first quarter. So the Browns have had the ball twice. Giants have had the ball twice. So four possessions, I guess you could say, with the total of each team. Uh, Browns' first play in this is, is a uh, third one quarterback keeper, which Baker gets a first down. Third and goal. Giants take a timeout to kind of look at the formation and, and see what they see and, you know, see if they can can get a little bit of an advantage by doing that. I like the idea of doing that. I like that he does it. It just doesn't always work. You know, it's, it's the NFL. Everyone's kind of scheming. Everyone's game planning for everyone. It, it is what it is. Maybe they were showing something on that and hoping Judge would call a timeout, although I doubt it there. Um, anyway, Judge takes a timeout tries to see kind of what they're looking at third and goal Hooper kind of goes up and turns around finds a little spot in the seam and Baker hits him touchdown seven to three Browns it was kind of a tough spot for Devontae Downs to be in you know he kind of got sucked up a little bit in the play action and he didn't really recover well you know once you once you see it's play action you got to get back to the depth that you're supposed to be at and he never really did and he kind of just was sitting there in no man's land in a, in a weird spot where he really couldn't do anything. On the play, we had five defensive linemen. And then, we, you know, we had McKinney in there. No no Tay Crowder, who I'm assuming Devontae Downs was in for him. Downs does need to be upgraded. That's a position where I can't imagine on many other teams Devontae Downs is even active on a team, let alone starting and playing, you know, a lot of a lot of minutes. I don't love it, but he's what we have right now. But that'll be a, a place where I'd absolutely would look for an upgrade either in free agency or 
in the draft. And, and that's something that's going to come in time. You know, next year is not going to fix all the issues either, guys. You know, it's not. If you think we're going to come out with an edge rusher, with you know two, two wide receivers, with a cornerback two, linebacker, we're not going to get everything. We're just going to keep building and, you know, trying to develop some depth on this team and, and keep fixing Next year, I think, you know, you would expect a, a better team and, and a more competitive team and a, a team that's not going to be five and nine fighting for playoffs. It's a team, hopefully next year, that's going to be, you know, eight and four, you know, somewhere around there trying to trying to compete or seven and five, get back into kind of a winning, a winning season would be nice. So seven, three, sorry for that little tangent, just how it goes, I guess. Uh Dion Lewis takes the kickoff and fumbles the freaking ball. <clears throat> Why does he have to be back there? We we don't have anyone else that you prefer to have back there. I I don't like it. I'm done with him. I know he had a good kick return to start the game. I don't care. Levine Tiolo recovers it, luckily for us. But we got we got to figure something out there, and maybe we're just writing it out to the end of the year. I don't know. I still would like to see Pettis back there, which I mentioned earlier, but we'll see what happens. It's not a it's not a good situation. You know, you want Judge to have a little bit more control over the special the special teams here, but I I guess that's like Judge isn't the special teams coach. McGahey is. So as much as you know, we want to sit here and say that you know this is Judge's baby and. And everything, maybe it isn't. You know, he he. I'm sure he has some say, and and you know, but he's coaching the whole team. So I guess I should probably take a little bit of pressure off Judge on that because that's really he's not the special teams coach. He's the team coach. You know, if he notices an issue, which I think you kind of gotta realize there's an issue here with Deion Lewis the last couple of weeks. We something's got to change there. I I know last week's was kind of he got kicked. And that's how he fumbled the ball, but he still fumbled the ball. It, it is what it is, you know? So, Giants get the ball after that. Obviously, Levine Taylor recovered it. We had that little pop pass to Shep, which, you know, basically a run, but it's an easy completion. Gets a good gain. Alfred Morris gets the ball on first and 10 after that and gets a small gain. Second and eight. This is actually a, a play that I liked a lot. Uh, second and eight, Morris gets the ball right at the middle. Zeitler kind of springs him, but then you see Caden Smith kind of come up and seal off the, the linebacker, which allows Alfred Morris to get to the next level. And it's a really good game. You know, I, I'm not sure if that play was run more during the game, but that play worked to perfection on that. First and 10 after that really good run, we have a play action dump off to Elijah Penny. Uh, it was nice to see Colt McCoy kind of scramble a little bit in the backfield. And let the play kind of keep developing, get out, getting out of harm's way as well. Uh, the announcers kind of kept saying, oh, he's not mobile and yada, yada. Well, he kind of proved a little bit that, that he is mobile. He can move around in the pocket. He's got a good feel for the pocket, which is something I think Daniel Jones still needs to improve with. So, you know, that's something that I think maybe Colt does a little bit better. He still needs to work a little bit on the feel inside of the pocket. Second and one after that, we had a little play action off to uh, Levine Taiolo. It kept the chains moving. We get a little rollout by Cole after that for four yards, proving once again 
that he can he can run, he can move. Uh, Colt moves a little bit on second and six again to keep the play alive and almost hits Slayton in the end zone for a touchdown. Slayton kind of slips. The ball was thrown a little bit behind him, but I think they were both on the same page where Slayton was kind of trying to like stop and, and sit in that zone and slips and falls. I noticed that a lot actually tonight. A lot of players falling on the ground, which is a little annoying, but what are you going to do? This is probably my least favorite play call of the game. Third and six in the red zone. And we run the ball to Deion Lewis, which I don't mind running the ball. A, don't run the ball with Deion Lewis. B, third and six in the red zone. You know, third and four. Third and three, I'm probably okay with it. Maybe they were trying to catch him off guard. Didn't love the third and six run by Deion Lewis. I guess probably they were anticipating that if they didn't get the first down, they were going to go for it anyway. And they're going to kind of, kind of try to keep, keep staying aggressive, which I don't mind that. But not with Deion Lewis, man. Come on, get him out of the game. He, he's he been nothing but bad for us this year. I feel like he has had some little plays here and there. But he's not what we need. Not at all. Fourth and two in the red zone, and we try to run up the middle with Gallman. Kind of a weird play if you rewatch it. Gallman almost looks like he tries to like jump through. Uh, after rewatching it, it looks like actually Carl Joseph comes off the back end and kind of like chops his leg, and I think that's really kind of what what messes him up, kind of gets him off balance, and he he falls. I, I just wish, you know, I, I probably would have liked Alfred Morris a little bit more, more in the situation because I think on that play, he would have been a little bit more patient and he would have probably found the hole quicker because of his patience and gotten through and gotten the first down. I would have, I would have preferred Alfred Morris on that, but still, I like the aggressiveness, but it is what it is. So still seven to three at this point, another, another turnover in the, in the red zone on downs, which, you know, could be at this point, what, nine to seven Giants had we kicked field goals. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but that's still the reality of the situation, you know. Browns get the ball back, and, man, Baker's just sitting back there throwing all over the place. You know, he's very poised in the pocket. He's he's hitting anyone that he, he wants to. He's getting through his reads. Um, everything's kind of just going good for him at this point. Two-minute warning hits. They're driving the ball down the field. First play after the two-minute warning, I was a little confused about. We had two timeouts. They run the ball, and we don't take a timeout. We let, like, 30 more seconds come off the play clock. Or, sorry, off the off the the time and then we call timeout now once again maybe they're trying to see the formation to kind of get a little bit of an edge but you let 30 seconds go off the clock man or 25 seconds however long it was that's time that we could have saved for you know the end of the second quarter and see if we could put together a drive i I feel like that was a little bit of a wasted opportunity backup quarterback though you know maybe we weren't gonna anyway you know but I, I think that we proved in this game that even with Colt McCoy, we can push the, the ball downfield a little bit. We did it today more than we have in the last two weeks, three weeks. I, I don't I don't know the right answer on that, but man, 
it was nice to see us push the ball downfield a little bit. Next play after that, unfortunately, is the Jarvis Landry touchdown. Makes a good catch, good route. Yedem was there. You know, he's, he's kind of he's in step with him. It wasn't bad coverage, but it is what it is on that. Landry gets a personal foul for taunting. It, kind of a, a ticky-tacky thing. It probably didn't need to be called. It worked out in the Giants' favor because they missed the extra point after that. <laughs> but Chris Collinsworth, what are you saying, man? He is a faithful guy. So it wasn't the words that he used. I don't know what else could have happened, but it wasn't the words. Yeah, Chris Collinsworth? Are you down there? Did you hear what he was saying? <laughs> he was obviously running his mouth. He was obviously doing something that the rep didn't like. So shut up. You're not on the field, Collinsworth. You don't know what the hell he's saying. Shut up. 21 seconds left. Giants get the ball back. We kneel the ball. I mean, it's, it's half. There's, we're not, you know, we don't really, we have one timeout left at that point. I believe we're not going to do anything with it. So we kneel. We could have probably had about a minute or so left. Had we used our timeouts and tried to get into some type of field goal range for Graham Gano, who can kick the ball. You know, he's a good kicker. I would have liked to have seen that, but it is what it is at that point. Third quarter starts up. Browns get the ball. Defense plays really good. You know, we do exactly what we need to do. Big Dex gets a big sack. Force a fourth down. Giants defense delivers for the offense to try to, try to get the ball and get some points for us. I'm not going to get as in-depth on the second half, I think. We'll just kind of go over key plays from, from here and out. Third and six, Shep gets a first down on a good throw by, by Colt and, and kind of some extra effort by Shep. We have another third and six on that same drive. Perfect throw from Colt to Slayton. If you guys remember the play, it was where Olivier Vernon kind of dropped back from his three-point stance and kind of just ran right back, kind of at an angle towards the sideline. Colt kind of has to wait a second and then throw it kind of past him. It was really, it was a perfect throw. It was great touch to a great spot where really only Slayton was going to be able to catch the ball. I like that play a lot. I like that throw. It's a good route by by, uh, Slayton. After that, the Giants kind of tried to commit to the run, but it was kind of in a weird spot. You know, the Cleveland Browns in the second half definitely played the run a little bit better, I think. Third and 13, we, we have the play to Evan Ingram, and we don't get the first down. But we get a good gain, so so we kind of decide what we're going to do. We actually keep the offense on the field at fourth and five. And then last second, we bail out and we punt the ball. Kind of a weird thing to me right there, I think, because we've been so aggressive the whole game. I don't hate it because at that point it is you know, 13 to 3. It's not a game that's out of reach by any means. We don't need to you know, do anything crazy, but we're being aggressive the whole game. So why do we take the aggressiveness out of the offense here? Fourth and five, we're in a decent spot. We're not right backed up against the goal line. I, I kind of wish we would have went for it there. I'm not the head coach. I'm not going to, you know, second guess him too much on that one, I, I think, uh, because I don't I don't hate it, but I still wish we'd have, we'd have went for it there. And, I mean, honestly, it was a right call because the Browns had a penalty for blocking in the back. They discussed it for a little while. I don't really know why they discussed it so long as they did. But 
they end up getting the ball at the five yard line. So, so it worked out, you know, you can't ask for anything more than that, you know, pinning, pinning them down at the five yard line and having 95 yards to drive the ball. But you want to know what <laughs> the Browns did it on this next drive. They have three third down plays and they complete all three of them. The third quarter ends during this drive. The giants had one possession, I believe. In the third quarter, which is pretty nuts to me. The Browns are in their second possession of the third quarter. And yeah, they drive the ball down and, and score. You know, Nick Chubb gets in the end zone, touchdown, 20-3. to three. So, at that point, you know, the Giants did stop the Browns on their first possession. The defense was probably kind of riding high at that point, or at least Judge was hoping that they would be able to do enough to keep themselves in the game but once again we just weren't really getting pressure on on, on uh, Baker Mayfield which was a thing all year honestly you know he's he's had 17 sacks I think it was this year 17 or 20 uh, I think it was 17 though and he's been doing you know the whole offensive line has been playing good despite the backups being in despite anything else I think it's kind of a combo of everything you know they're, they're running the ball really good they do have some talent on the offensive line. They have Bill Callahan back there as a coach, which was a guy the Giants really, or at least a lot of Giants fans really wanted. So they're playing good, sound football there. They really are. So they get the touchdown, 20-3. to Giants get the ball back, and they have a pretty good run by Alfred Morris. Uh, we have that third and long to Slayton where it hits him right in the hands and he drops it. It's so frustrating to see that. he's he's had. It feels like he's had a little bit more case of the drops this year um, than he has had in the last year. But offensively, there's, there's nothing's really going right this year, I would say. And actually, I have some, some interesting stats to go over after that, after this, after the review that are eye-opening, honestly. So he drops it, and it's a penalty anyway. You know, it would have wiped it whether he caught it or not. But I think morale-wise for himself, I wish he would have caught that. Browns get the ball back, and we actually force a punt. Again, you know, it's kind of nice to to be able to do that every once in a while. But still 20-3, to we we need a lot to go our way at this point to have a chance. We do drive the ball a little bit. We almost have the touchdown to Golden Tate, but it's incomplete. We kick a field goal. There's four minutes left at this point. And it's 20 to 6. This game, by the way, guys, <laughs> one of the quickest games I, I I remember. You know, a lot of running, a lot of running. The game just moved. And I felt like the the t- TV commercials were like squeezing in one or two extra commercials each each break because the game was just moving so fast. They probably didn't like that. <laughs> and, you know, that's how the game ends. 20 to 6. Second half, we allowed one touchdown. Kind of, kind of seems crazy. The game just really went that quick. Browns played well. I think they proved to me, at least, I don't know about anyone else, that Stefanski's a good coach. He's a real deal, and they have a good thing going. You know, they mentioned Odell a couple times in the broadcast, and you know whether they're better without him. No, they're not better without him. You know, he's still a really good weapon. He's a really good receiver. He wants to win. You know, I, I, I'll never love 
how he finished his time here in New York, but it was kind of a, you know, once once they drafted Saquon Barkley, I think I knew in my head that his time was coming to an end. They wanted a face of the franchise that they could rely on. They wanted a face of the franchise that wasn't a risk. So I, I just would, I, I wish him well, honestly, more than anything. Uh, I'm over it. You know, it is what it is with him. So back to the game. Uh, Baker Mayfield was 27 of 32 for 297 yards, two touchdowns sacked once. Really, it was pinpoint accurate most of the game. Um, he didn't really, he had plenty of time. He really wasn't pressured too much. He was able to get through his reads quite easily. And they didn't have to rely on the run for that. I think that they threw the ball, I think, more of just as a game plan because the Giants are pretty good against the run. And the running stats kind of back that up. Browns ran for 106 yards. At a 3.5 yard average. Chubb ran for 50 yards. At a 3.3 yard average. Hunt ran the ball for 21 yards. At a 3.0 average. So they, they really weren't able to run the ball well. But they ran the ball enough. Jarvis Landry had 7 catches for 61 yards. And a touchdown. Uh, the 3 tight ends that they use. Uh, Austin Hooper. David Njoku. Harrison Bryant had a combined 8 receptions. For 82 yards and a touchdown. It's kind of a, a unique monster they have going on there with the three tight ends that they use. Uh, he mixes really well in with a run. And then you throw in the fact that they can kind of run routes and, and catch balls and and read zones well. Like it, It's a nice little, nice little system they have there. I like it. For the Giants, Colt McCoy was 19 of 31 for 200, 221 yards. Sacked once. Uh... Alfred Morris ran for 39 yards at 5.6 yards per carry. Wayne Gallman, 29 yards for 3.2. It seemed like the second half, the Browns did much better against the run. Colt McCoy played pretty well. You know, I, I really can't be too upset about anything he did. Shep had four receptions for 51 yards. Slayton had four for 74. Engram had four for 46. Defensively for the Giants, Blake Martinez had... A total of 10 combined tackles and two for a loss. Dex had a sack. Big Dex played well. And that, you know, he had that big knockdown too on fourth down. McKinney had four tackles. It was nice to see him playing. Seemed like he was flying around a lot. Um, It looked like he was playing deep a decent amount. So I, I feel like you didn't really see him a lot. You didn't see his name called a lot. But he was in the right positions for the most part. I'm I'm curious to see... You know, if I go back and watch this for a third time, if he was the one that was in position in the back on that flea flicker screen kind of play, because like I said, I wonder if they had kind of a, a deep read on that. The TV broadcast, though, didn't really show it to where you could see a good angle on it. I'm sure at some point we'll see that. Team stats, 24 first downs for the Browns as opposed to 14 for the Giants. Browns were 9 of 13 on third down. Giants were 5 and 11. That 9 for 13 really kills you. That's that's a big difference in this game. Uh, that's that's awesome on third down conversions. Fourth down, Browns were 0 for 1. Giants 0 for 2. Total yardage really wasn't too different. 392 for the Browns, 288 for the Giants. So, you know, 100 yards separating them. But it didn't seem like very, you know, it wasn't very different. 
Browns had off, nine offensive plays more. They had six penalties, which a little bit more than the Giants had. But they maintained a nine-minute advantage on on the game. So that, that's big. A couple of other notes of the game. You know, I really wasn't disappointed with it, with how the Giants played. I knew it was going to be a tough game. I felt like we were a little outmanned, maybe. I like to see a lot of the shifts, a lot of the motion that we used. I think we used play action really well this game. I love the play action that we used. So, yeah, you know, I, I think we did some good things. I liked some things that I saw from Freddie Kitchens. I'd be fine seeing him, you know, run the offense the next couple of games. I doubt that happens, but, you know, who, who knows? As far as the defense goes, you know, Giants in the red zone kind of was an issue this game. It's funny, the broadcast put up a stat that the Giants red zone was first, or sorry, the Giants defense was first in the NFL with 4.5 yards per drive. And then, of course, this game, the Browns score <laughs> in, the, in the red zone pretty much every time they were in there. Um, yeah. You know, I once again I don't really hate anything I saw from this game. We didn't turn the ball over. The offensive line played pretty good. That was some of the things I was really looking to see. You know, I, I would have liked to have maybe established the run a little bit more. But I think we did a good job with the run and then and then using play action off of it, which which is different. You know, I don't feel like we've done that too much so far. So I did a little bit more digging after the game was over. And I wanted to really look at how bad our offense is. And I kind of came up with some alarming things. Which at this point might not be really news to anybody. But it's still alarming. Obviously we're 17.4 points per game. Which is second worst in the NFL. That's not a surprise. The Jets are the only thing that's worse than the Giants in this in this category. But you want to know what? Last three games. We're averaging 10 points per game and that is the worst in the nfl that's absolutely the worst so i kind of decided you know what let's look at quarters you know is there a, a quarter that we're struggling in the most and <laughs> we're just struggling everywhere <laughs> so i don't maybe maybe there are some areas but you know first quarter we're at 4.9 points per game which is 17th in the nfl which is actually you know pretty good for us but you get back into the last three games and we're averaging one point per game Second quarter, 3.9 points per game, which is tied for last. Last three games, zero. Third quarter, maybe it'll get a little bit better there, right? 3.8 points per game, 24th in the NFL. Last three, seven points per game, which is actually pretty good. Um, you know, we've come out in the second half a lot of times and been able to put some, some drives together. Fourth quarter... 4.9, which is 30th in the NFL. We're not even getting the garbage time touchdowns, but you want to know what? That's because we're keeping games close, so we're not going to get that. Last three games in the fourth quarter, two points per game. So I want to look at a couple other things. You know, I, I thought it would be interesting to see, you know, if it's if it's our offense just isn't putting together drives, if it's, you know, what what's really going on. So you look at 
our offense, and we're actually averaging 5.9 plays per drive, which is 22nd in the NFL, which really isn't too bad. We are averaging 28th yards per drive, though, which isn't great. That's that's 28th in the NFL. Where we're actually doing pretty good is field position. We're, we're averaging our starting field position is at our own 30, which is ninth in the league. But we're scoring on 34% of our drives, which is 27th in the league. And our points per drive is 1.62, which is 31st in the league. So kind of what that tells me is red zone's the issue. You know, that's it, probably not surprising to anybody. We, we really have a, a tough time putting the ball in the end zone. And that's something that we need to get better at. You know, Daniel Jones' running ability certainly helps in that area. I'm a little bit nervous to see what happens with him going forward with Daniel Jones. You know, does he start at all going forward here? Is he out for the year? Um, where do we go from here? I think that if you even still look at the draft, and, you know, I'm not trying to sit here and say that we're going to draft a quarterback because I don't think we will, but you got to consider it. you got to at least look at look at everything. And this was supposed to be kind of a, a season of, of figuring out who Daniel Jones was, and I think I said this in the last episode. We know nothing about <laughs> Daniel Jones. You know, he's a competitor. He wants to win. He, he fits what we want in a quarterback. But is the offense the issue? Is he the issue? Is the coach the issue? I don't know. You know, I don't think it's Judge. I think maybe it's a combo of Daniel Jones and Jason Garrett, but I think it leans more towards Garrett for me personally. I would like to see Daniel Jones get a game with Freddie Kitchens calling the plays because we certainly pushed the field the ball down the field more this game, which was really nice to see. We also took shots, you know. We used play action. We used motion. A lot of things that I did like to see. I did like that that I saw. So let's see what happens going forward. You know, five and nine, not not pretty. I would have preferred to have more wins this year, but it is what it is at this point. We have the Ravens next week, which gonna be a tough game, no doubt about it. Um, one thing I would say is is. Lamar Jackson is not nearly as accurate as as uh, Baker Mayfield, but he's a lot more effective on us with his legs. So we're gonna need to be on our A game to even have a chance to win that game. I think at this point, you know, I kind of said this from when I even started doing podcasts. I think it's all gonna come down to Dallas Giants Week 17. We might need some help. You know, we might need the Panthers to beat the Redskins next week, and then. I believe the Redskins end against Philly. And, you know, Jalen Hurts is actually playing pretty good. They're going to have a, a really weird situation on their hand this offseason with, with him and Carson Wentz. Um, so let's let's see what happens. You know, let's, let's hopefully have a chance at the playoffs. Don't root for losses, guys. That's not the way this league works. You know, everyone can, can be mad at the Jets. You know, all the Jets fans can be mad all they want. But it's, it's still going to be at least a little bit nice to get a win. You know, the players develop a losing culture when you lose all the time. You know, look at the Giants. Perfect example. So, let's see what happens, guys. Let's get a win. I'd love to get a win against the Ravens. But it's going to come down to to the, to the 
Dallas Cowboys game. And, you know, that's even saying if we have a chance at playoffs at that point. That's all I got for you guys today. Um, thanks for listening. And we'll kind of go from there. I will probably have a preview episode out Thursday or Friday with some other some other interviews. I do want to do, a you know, another mailbag section. So we'll go from there. A little last note here, guys, too. Uh, thank you for being patient with me. Um, I am new at doing this podcast stuff. I've had a little bit of issue with some audio. I think I, I got everything set up now correctly. So that that shouldn't be an issue going forward after this episode. Uh, so thanks for being patient with me, guys. Thanks for sticking with me for those of you who are listening. I really appreciate it. Let's take this loss and and learn from it. I don't feel nearly as bad as I did after the last lost. So yeah, let's freaking go.